And it is possibly the best thing to potentially ever happen to anyone, anywhere in the history of the universe. Ladies and gentlemen, the world famous Lil Sebastian. What? Yes! Welcome, Good Report readers, listeners, and viewers to a Victory Monday edition of the Pewter Report podcast. I am Scott Reynolds. Joining me today is JC Allen from Pewter Report. And JC, that was a much needed road win yesterday, 38-31 in Indianapolis, trailing by 10 points. Shaq, I'm sorry, did I call him Shaq Barrett? I meant Sack Barrett. Came up with a huge monumental sack in that game uh his second of the game the first one wasn't so monumental wasn't as consequential but boy that sack fumble that we saw from Shaq sack barrett uh was was big time for this this team and really keyed a, a, a big time turnaround they scored 17 straight points took the lead colts tied it up we saw leonard fournette come through with his fourth touchdown of the game and uh it's all she wrote but um Let's talk about this, JC. This was this was something that the Bucks needed to prove, not just to me, not just to you, but I think to themselves yeah. that they could go on the road and stop with the penalties, or at least cut them down, get some takeaways, and and beat a pretty good quality playoff team. Yeah, it's no doubt that they have had struggles tremendously on the road. Even the even the victory that they do have, um, you know, was was just a squeak by. So. You know, going out there and again, they kind of did still just squeak by, uh, you know, a seven point victory, but you, you barely got there. It was encouraging it, and it's got to give the team confidence going forward, um, especially winning at a place like Lucas Oil, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, which is very loud. Uh, it's another it's one of those indoor domes and uh, it can it can get really raucous there, and especially if you look at some of the teams that they might have to play in the playoffs that play in domes, you know, you're looking at. Right. You know, down the line, the Rams again or the Cardinals, you know, to get a, a win inside of a dome, I think, was huge for them. And to just kind of get that monkey off their back. Like, OK, everyone's, you know, they hear the noise. They hear the media. You know, they can't win on the road. They can't win on the road. They can't win on the road. They go out there and do it and score more than what they've been able to score, which was 23 points on the road. And they do right. it like they, the way they did in a comeback fashion uh, behind Mr. Zach Barrett's big charge and game changing play that really led that. Uh, March to victory uh, was very was huge for for absolutely for you know us who analyze them for the fans who've been on them and for them themselves to realize that, hey you know we we got this we can do this you know it's yeah. on to Atlanta and we're gonna do it again. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I I just came out with my two point conversion column, my post game column on PeterReport.com um, this afternoon. And one of the predictions I had, not to spoil it, you should go read it still. But one of the predictions I had was. I don't see the Buccaneers losing another road game this year. I think this was the toughest of the remaining ones for sure. You're looking at the Atlanta Falcons coming up this Sunday. That's on the road. Then you've got the Jets and the Panthers. Boy, the Panthers are reeling right now, right? Cam <laughs> Newton is not the answer at quarterback. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is out for the year. So uh, if if for some reason the Panthers steal one from the Buccaneers in any of these these two remaining games they have in December, Holy smokes. You're not like, sold on. I'm not, you're not sold on I'm not saying fire Bruce Arians, but, <laughs> but I might be thinking it. 
the Panthers are bad. I so I don't see them losing any of these these next three uh, road games. I think their their toughest two home games left right are, are the Saints and the Bills. Yeah, absolutely. But you're telling me you're not sold on the return of Cam Newton? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> he's, he's not that miracle, you know, godsend from up above that's going to save the Panthers season? No, I think you're right. I, I mean, Atlanta, Carolina, Jets, I mean, if you lose one of those games on the road, I mean, it's it, it's it's going to be – you deserve any criticism you get. I mean, your, your head and shoulder is better above any one of those teams, and that's without Antonio Brown. That's without Jamel Dean. You should still be able to beat these teams uh, – I don't want to say fairly easier because any given Sunday we've seen the parody of the league oh, right yeah. now, but you know you should you should be able to have your way and get back on track, especially on the road, especially um, and proving that you know, especially going up to New York against the Jets in the cold weather, uh, that you can that you can get the job done even in inclement right. weather uh, in, yep. in the cold as well. And they did it last year in in Lambeau. We saw that, but there are no fans there. Uh, not sure there'll be any fans in the stands of the Jets game either. That's true. <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, you look on the, at home, and you got the Saints and the Bills, two big tests. I don't care what the Bills have, been, have looked like the last couple of games, um, you know, getting their their tail beat by the Jaguars and, and by the Colts. I, you know, I, I still think they're a quality opponent. They definitely have different ways they can beat you, uh, especially through the air, which is something that the the Bucks have let up a lot of air yards so far. And Josh Allen yeah. is still an MVP type caliber player, so. You got to look out for that. And the Saints are just like, they're just that itch that won't go away. They're just that nagging mosquito that you can't slap on you. So you can never really count right. the Saints out in these divisional games. But yeah, I mean, they should and, sweep the Panthers. And we saw today there's a change of quarterback, right? For yeah. the, the Saints, they're going to, uh, to Taysom Hill, their big money man. <laughs> oh, big contract right. they just got. Yeah. Gosh, I don't get that. I don't get that at all. <laughs> I don't understand the Saints. Glad I'm not Healthy covering the Saints. Last week. What's that? He was just sitting on the bench last week, you know. Instead yeah. of the, <laughs> and then Stephen Chay said it best, you know, he's the best at sitting on. He, he's the most versatile bench player in the league. He can sit on the bench as a quarterback, as a tight end, as That's a running true. back. <laughs> so it's, he's he's versatile. His he's got the most versatile ass probably around, <laughs> right? Sitting on the bench, yeah, absolutely. So okay. we'll see how much better he can do than uh, than Trevor Sikama back there at quarterback and see what, <laughs> see, what see what he's able to do. Trevor, so. Well, Trevor Simeon beat the Buccaneers. Trevor Sikama probably won't beat the Buccaneers. I don't think his heart would be in it. Um, listen, uh, I, I've got to, I've got to confess something here to our Peter Report readers, uh, listeners and viewers. Um, this is not a prop. This is an actual can. You can hear it's full. It's not like the, the can that's been consumed. This is a Celsius that I did not drink today. All right. This is, this is the orange Celsius that I should have consumed. Why? Because I'm really tired. It's a Monday. And um, even though I've been doing this for 26 years, not drinking Celsius, they haven't been around that long. But I've been covering the Buccaneers for 26 years. I feel like a rookie today. I made a rookie mistake. I did not have this thing. And it's 4.07 Eastern time here on Monday. I cannot have this now because I will be up until 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. That's how well Celsius works, folks. I'm telling you. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't, JC, because during this testimonial, which is off the cuff and straight from my heart, um, you you feel Celsius working. And then when you don't take it, you feel it not working. Yeah. If that makes any sense, right? Like, I feel like I should have had a Celsius today because yeah, I, 
and, and, and the beauty is, let's see, if this was another crappy sports drink that I'm not going to name, you know, other brands, but if it was, I would, I could take that and then have a sugar crash and I'd be fine to go to bed. But the problem is I don't like drinking all that, that sugary stuff. And what makes Celsius so unique is there's no sugar, there's no preservatives. Uh, it's, it's great functional energy that you need and there's, there's no crash. So mm. it's kind of a yin and a yang. It's like, if, <laughs> if I take it before three, I'm good. I can sleep at night and all that. Otherwise, um, it, it almost works too good. So Celsius folks, uh, if you haven't had the chance, you, you probably listened to this podcast. You've probably seen all of the delicious flavors that we're going to throw up. There they are. Tropical five, Fuji apple pear, orange, Sparkling wild berry, watermelon, which is my wife Ashley's favorite. Folks, you got to try it. Click on the banner ads on pewterreport.com or go to Celsius.com. Click on the store locator. But see, even the banner ads on pewterreport.com, they made it so easy. You click on those, you type in your zip code, and boom, it finds it for you. Once you once you find some Celsius, try it. There's a lot of flavors. Then once you've narrowed down your favorites, which might be all of them, I'm not going to lie. Then go to uh, Amazon.com, order them in bulk, and do the subscribe and save. Then they ship them right to your house like me so you never run out. Novel idea, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, and I'm going to – I'll jump on that too. I did not take my Celsius today. I kind of passed out right before the podcast because I was just so drained. And the same with you. If I take one – if I drink one now, if I drink one after 2, 3 o'clock, it's got me wired to go. Uh, and I'm yeah. up till at least 11 o'clock midnight. But the, the best thing about Celsius too is that with the flavors is – I know some people don't like carbonation. They have flavors that aren't carbonated, some That's of the true. green tea. So, yeah. like, it, it's, it's, like, so – it's just good. It's – and it – it gives you great energy. There's no crash, which is the best part about it. Um, I, I, I love it. I'm so We're glad. Such losers that... today <laughs> I on know. this Victory Monday, JC. Like... The Bucks won. We didn't. We didn't I take know. ourselves. I'm just Loser. so glad that I got introduced to Celsius. You know, John. Speaking of John, introduced me to Celsius at training camp, and I'm like, "What's all Celsius?" He's like, "Try, yeah. trust me, try it. You're not." So I I tried it on the way home from training camp one day. I was like, "Wow, this is amazing. I'm hooked." Speaking of losers, that's me because I was the only member of the Peter Report staff dumb enough to pick against the Buccaneers. Sorry, I had to make up ground somewhere. Well, it was a swing and a miss, and glad I missed. Listen, like I said on on the the Peter Report post game podcast last night for the Buccaneer fans out there, glad I was wrong. You know, I don't know if John Ledyard ever said that right for picking against the Buccaneers and <laughs> and winning, <laughs> um, but I will. I'll be glad to take the L. So, so um, yes. Mark Fisher, you predicted the Bucks to lose so sincerely. Didn't Tampa overachieve? Are you happy? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy the Buccaneers won, um, primarily because I'm a defensive guy and I love the takeaways, right? Five takeaways. Again, what concerns me, we talked to, about this a little bit last night, JC, is mm. it took five takeaways and a plus three turnover margin to beat the Colts by seven points with 10 seconds left, right? Yeah. So it's like... It was a win. I'm glad. I'm not trying to knock the win. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but I'm at the same time, I'm just trying to keep it in perspective. Uh, there's still a lot of improving that has to go on. I think this team needs to get Carlton Davis back sooner rather than later. I asked Bruce about that today, JC, and this might be the time before we kind of look at the playoff picture for the Buccaneers, which is really good right now at eight yes. and three. But Bruce said today, Carlton Davis really, I think, has got a pretty good shot at playing. He didn't say that. That's just my interpretation. But it sounds like <laughs> Carlton Davis 
is got a, a really good chance to go on Sunday, which is good because they're playing whack-a-mole in the secondary, right? It's like you get Sean Murphy Bunting back, you lose Jamel Dean, right? <laughs> lose Jamel Dean, you get Carlson Davis back. So, Yeah, it's awful. And it comes at a great time, too. You've got some good, you know, you're going to have a good test against the uh, the Bills there with Stephon Diggs and having your number one guy shut down. Not really sure what's going on with Atlanta and Calvin Ridley. He's on the NFI. I don't know if he'll be back anytime soon, but – and then you look at the Saints, they just have a mishmash of wide receivers there. So, uh, But having him back is just incredible. He was playing at an inc- uh, incredible clip before, one of the best corners in the league, uh, yeah. really showing, cementing himself as a top 10 cornerback um, in the NFL. So getting him back, along with Sean Murphy Bunting, give yourself you know, two good perimeter guys. Ross Cockrell sneaks in the, in the middle. It, it's going to be interesting to see if they go with, uh, if Dean can't go, if they go with the zero Delaney outside, or if they or if they keep Sean Murphy bunting inside and use Ross Cockrell, uh, I'll be I'll be really interesting to see how they match those guys up. Just uh, keep Mike Edwards on the field, like that, yeah, guy, that guy's just a playmaker, to. you know. Right, he I mean, is third interception of the season last week. Last week, literally a week ago on Monday Night Football against the Giants, he leads the team with three, even though he's kind of a reserve, right? I mean, he's taking over the nickel spot, but but. Um, He's not a starting player, yet he's got three picks, two pick sixes. Now he got a forced fumble yesterday and made a really, really good play <laughs> tracking down the, the Colts kick returner yes. after a 71-yard return, pushing him out of bounds. That was a hero play. And, and I'll tell you what, the thing with Mike Edwards is, and you know, I, we did some digging, and, and I know John is like, you know, he's he's like Mike Edwards' agent. He loves the guy. Right. I mean, yeah. John Ledger loves Mike Edwards. I do, I love him too, but I mean, not to the <laughs> it's not like a Blaine Gabbard thing for me, like it is for John. But the thing with Mike Edwards is we found out the reason why they're a little skeptical about starting him against safety is I mean, first of all, you got Antoine Winfield Jr. and you got Jordan Whitehead. So you got two really good guys in front of him. But at the nickel position, they were just kind of concerned about his lack of speed, right? He's yeah. not a burner. He's a more of a four-five guy than he is a four-four guy, right? Sean Murphy yeah. Bunting in the slot. He's got the four-four speed, although he got cooked yesterday on a on a you know vertical route. But the thing with Edwards though is he's not the fastest Bucks DB by any means. But as Bruce Arian said today, you know, he ran as fast as he ever has in his life on that uh on that the kickoff return which was a hero play so yeah. i mean i i want to see more mike edwards i'm, I'm just like john keep him yeah on like Shaq said if he if he doesn't make that tackle he doesn't make that hero tackle they might still be playing in their yeah. press conferences so yeah huge play by mike edwards he's he's got to see the field more it and it's interesting too you, i mean you you said it perfectly he doesn't I mean, have that he's seen the field more i mean like they're playing him over ross cockrell i think ross only yeah. had four snaps yesterday but i'm just saying it's like keep him on the field Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like I, I'm almost kind of glad I, I listen, I'm sorry. I, I phrased that the wrong way. I don't want anybody to be injured, but if there is a silver lining in the Jamel Dean injury is if Carlton Davis comes back, right. Which we hope and expect him to against the Falcons. Then you've got Sean Murphy bunting and Jamel Dean all on the field at the same time with Jordan Whitehead and Antoine Winfield. I mean, that means Mike Edwards is back on the bench. And yeah. it, to me, he is the most playmaking guy right now. He's, had a hand in four takeaways in the secondary. That's more than anybody. Yeah. Yeah. He's a ball hawk. He's a playmaker. So, I mean, you, you got to have those guys on the field at some point and, and somehow, and, and they figured out a way to do it and figured out a way to kind of cover that lack of speed here um, that he possesses. And, you know, he's been uh, showing up for them with either turnovers yeah. 
uh, or creating turnovers. So, yeah, Mike Edwards has got to see the field a, a lot more and stay there, and they've got to find a way to creatively get him on the field even when all the cornerbacks are, are healthy. Long lost laser. Last time the Bucks won a game they were losing by 10 points was last year. That's right. And you know who that was against? The Atlanta Falcons on the road in Atlanta. They were down 17 to nothing. And they scored 31 points. That's so, like, you know, ridiculous, right? 31 points in the second half to come back and beat the Atlanta Falcons. Um, 31-27 was the score. So that was a Herculean effort. That was a, a, a game that really kind of befuddled me a lot of Buccaneer fans to see them down 17 nothing at the half thinking wait a minute this is a Super Bowl caliber team losing to the Falcons what you know the Raheem Morris coached Falcons because they already fired Dan Quinn but uh so we'll see for some reason these games typically in Atlanta have always been kind of close right I still think the Buccaneers are going to go undefeated on the road I've said that but but that is interesting that's a good point to note um you know I mentioned Blaine Gabbert earlier uh, Long Lost Lager says Blaine Gabbert about to hire Taysom Hill's agent <laughs> to negotiate another race this offseason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not, right? Got to give them money. Yes. Hey, you know, he's still, as you said, undefeated as Bucks quarterback. Well, yeah, I mean, if you play him, they're going to win. You know, I mean, <laughs> didn't need him yesterday, apparently, because they didn't play him. But I'm just saying. Uh, Bet MGM, real question. Is Gronk a Pro Bowler this year? Ah, you know, in, in my heart, yeah, he is because he's a stud. But I'm just concerned that I don't think he's got enough games. Right? Yeah. I mean, the thing too is, listen, at least that the Pro Bowl is a joke, right? But it's it's <laughs> at least it's better than like the hockey and the baseball All Star games, right? Yeah, because you're they they hold that at at the halfway point of the season. So it's not even like you had a great year; you had a great half year, and we're going to reward you by playing. You know, an all-star game in the middle of the season. That's about as stupid as stupid can be. If you ask celebrity me. contest. It just is. It's dumb. It's like, okay, great. You've had a great start to the season, but how are you going to finish, right? Is, exactly. Isn't sports all about how you finish, right? Ask the Pittsburgh Steelers from last year. Sorry, John. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Seriously. It's like, it's not how you start. It's how you finish, right? The Bucks are 7-5. and five. They won eight games in a row to win the Super Bowl. Were you more impressed with the start or with the finish? Okay. Exactly. So – I'm just saying, why even have the Pro Bowl voting and tabulation in the first or second week of December? It's kind of stupid, That's right? So when sad. there's five games left in the season or four games left, whatever, whatever it is. They it's don't like, do that with the All-Pro. Like, you only have 17 games. So if you have a player who's been injured for the first you know, four games or so, like Gronk, for example, what happens if Gronk has four 100-yard games in a row now? Like he's got... He's already got one. Let's say he's got three more in a row, right? I mean, that that counts, doesn't it? I mean, I think we're getting too close to the Pro Bowl voting and the end of voting at that point in time. I'm yeah, exactly. Saying. I mean, he's already got 378. That would give him, you know, almost 800 yards. You know, he gets, let's say, catches four or five more touchdowns, nine touchdowns, 800 yeah. yards, nine touchdowns with 60. I mean, those look like Pro Bowl numbers, especially as a tight end in the NFL, but right. he doesn't. he's not going to get that opportunity to get there. Because yeah. of the pro, the way Pro Bowl voting is structured, but I don't think he's a Pro Bowl this year. I think he's missed too many games. I think when you watch I him play, you know when he's been in yeah. there, 
he's he's a pro bowler. I mean, yeah, you look, he's you healthy, look, the guy. You look <laughs> at what he's getting. He started with four touchdowns in two games, and then he's he, he had 123 yards yesterday. I mean, yeah, I think he's he's a Pro Bowl caliber player, but he's not going to make the Pro Bowl. I don't know. Maybe maybe he will because That's from what I understand, that the tight end position around the NFL is is not what it, it's been in years past. So maybe exactly. that's the case. And Kittle, Kittle's been hurt in the NFC too. So I mean, right. if you kind of look again at the NFC, I don't really. No one's really stood out to me in the NFC as tight ends. So. I haven't studied it enough to have an opinion on it. I'll take a look at it this week, though. Harvinder says, "Did Vita find his tooth?" Um, <laughs> Bruce, Bruce wouldn't let him. He said, like, "I don't care about that." Vita Vea wanted to go look for the tooth after the game. Bruce said, "No, you've got thirty others." He no, did. get on the bus. We're going to the airport. Vita's like, okay. So took that nice picture of it afterwards too. He loved it. <laughs> yeah, I think Vita likes to look so much. He's just gonna like punch himself in the mouth and get all bloody again. That was a great look for TV. You know, I saw that. I was like, oh damn, that's you know. It's crazy. funny. It's funny too. Yeah, he, he did a he did an Instagram poll asking if he should get if he should do the the traditional Tonga uh, gold tooth in there. And his girlfriend was like, I don't care what this boat says. He's not getting a gold tooth. And he's like, she won't let me live my dreams. <laughs> he's, he's got such a personality sometimes. He does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I miss that guy in the locker room. I miss all in the locker room. It sucks this whole COVID thing. Any news on Dean? Yes. Uh, no structural damage, apparently, which is good. It's a shoulder bruise. So it's not like Jordan Whitehead where he's going to need surgery, right? Um, it's a bruise. It's a pain tolerance thing. Now, as Sean Murphy Bunting can attest, hey, you kind of need your arms to, you know, to run down the field and to break up passes and things like that. So we'll see what Dean's range of motion is, if he's able to play or not. There's been some whispers about Dean's level of pain tolerance around the building yep. not being what it needs to be. But at the same time, he, I think the message was sent about that to, Gene, to, to Dean uh, after his knee injury. When right. he didn't play. When he didn't play. And so I think he got back out in the field. And uh, there's a difference between playing hurt and playing injured. Right? It's it's hard to play injured, but you can play hurt. And let's face it, nobody is anywhere close to 100% right now at this late in the season. We're almost here in December. So I, I would not rule out Jamel Dean for this week, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll know more on Wednesday, as Bruce would say. <laughs> on the tubes today, and we'll get more of an idea. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, let's let's talk about uh, Scotty Miller for a second here. I understand Scotty running the wrong route as he's been out for weeks. Why is Evans doing well? I, you know, um, I think you're talking about Harbinger the the uh, the miscommunication on the first series of the game. Um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> football's not a perfect science. Not a perfect game, right? There's mistakes. Uh, it it happens sometimes. Uh, you know, you should have everything ironed out right now but i mean at the same time um oj howard shouldn't jump off sides in the first play of the game at washington either right i mean he's a five-year veteran he's played football most of his life he should remember the snap count but yet it happens so it's just a mistake it's nothing fatal uh and i, I listen i appreciate the fact that scotty um and i looked this up and i wrote about this in my two-point conversion scotty miller was out there for four plays on offense and four plays in special teams. So the cat played eight plays in his first game back. And what happened on his four plays? Well, um, on two of them at least. Well, one of them on the offensive play, he kind of ran the wrong route, you know, went inside when he should have gone outside, was the interception. Then he makes up for it 
with the 37 yard defensive pass interference penalty, right? And so that's that's at least a second play. I, I don't know what the other two plays were outside of Bruce said today that Scotty Miller had a hell of a block, which th- that's not Scotty Miller's mo at five ten about a, a buck seventy five. He's not known as a blocker, but he apparently threw a pretty good block out there for Gronk's run and catch on third down. So then you look at the four special teams plays where he was a gunner, which that is not Scotty Miller's forte either. Um, you know, I'm not saying I want to fight Scotty Miller like. <laughs> like the late great Mark Cook did with Jude Ajay Barima. Um, I'm not <laughs> saying that at all. I like Scotty. We, we've got the same name. But the, th- the thing is, is, is um, you know, when I saw him go down there as a gunner, I'm thinking, wow, is he really going to try to tackle this guy? You know, because, I mean, this, again, Scotty's not a physical guy. He's, <laughs> he's a fast guy, right? Um, but the thing is, is, is Bruce said he split a double team and was Johnny on the spot right there recovering the fumble on that yeah. muffed pun return from Naeem Hines. So um, in eight plays, I thought the DPI and that one, that's, that's pretty impactful, right? I mean, that's, that's making an impact when you really have two standout plays out of eight in a game. That's a pretty good ratio. Yeah, he was, hey, he was your game ball player. And yeah, I remember yesterday in the chat, you, you messaged all caps, Scotty's that gunner. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. It was, you know, Hey, he, uh, he had made two plays at that position. One of them was, was pivotal. And bringing the Bucks back into uh, into that game with that uh, recovery, you know, if yeah. he wasn't down there, if you didn't have his speed, if it was somebody else, who knows what that would have been like? Maybe the Colts would have had the ball, but w- yeah. with his smarts, his ability, and his speed, he was able to to wrap that ball up. Exactly, William Butler with the five dollars super chat. We appreciate yeah. that. So is AB back for the Falcons game? What do you think, JC? I mean, this has kind of been the the big question around uh, you know around these parts. Yeah. Uh, when the hell is AB going to return? <laughs> you know, I think if he's able to go, they're going to they're going to bring him back. But I think they kind of learn with the Gronk thing, especially God, his player, especially someone so valuable to your team. Uh, this is football starts now. I mean, we're in December. You know, their next game is December. It's December football playoffs are coming up right around the corner. The six games left. You don't yep. want to rush them. You, you you haven't. I mean, you could definitely use them. You, I don't think you need them. I think if he's back there as your number three, obviously it opens up a lot more for everybody else, and it just be, presents another problem on the field uh, for for coverages and for matchup purposes. But if, if you can get away, if he's not a hundred percent ready, and you can get away for this out Falcons game without him, don't play him. Sit him. Let him rest. You know. Um, yeah. But he's a competitor, and he's probably want to get out there the last couple of games. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think Scott will know more on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. As Bruce would say, listen, I don't, I don't think you played again until he's absolutely ready to yeah. go because you don't want this, this injury to, you know, to, to kind of have a relapse. You need him for the big games, the saints, the bills a little bit later at home. You need him for the playoffs. Right now, you, you've got an embarrassment of riches as it is on offense, right? You've got Gronk back, you've got Mike Evans, you've got um, you've got uh, uh, Godwin, you know, you've got Lenny, all that stuff. So, in my opinion, I think that you can wait and rest him until you know until that's the case. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if he's not if he's not a hundred, there's no reason to rush him out there. Yeah, none at all. You, you've got too many important games at stake. You should be able to go out there and beat the Falcons without him. Don't rush him back if you don't have to. 
You know, Carlton Davis is another thing, a little bit younger. I think if he's, you know, eight, you know, he's if he's at 90%, 85%, and he's ready to go. Yeah. I mean, he's a right. young guy. He's going to, you know, let's get him back out there. But AB, you got to be careful with that. You mentioned the word important, JC, and there's probably nothing more important than right now for you Buccaneer fans out there and Peter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Peter Report TV. So you need to do that. Like, subscribe. Otherwise, JC's going to throw that cat. <laughs> I don't want to throw the cat. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, we're not. We, we like animals here. We're not going to harm any animals. There's no animals harmed in the making of this podcast, by the way. No. So, not- but what we, what we do want you to do is hit the like button. See, when you subscribe to our YouTube channel and you hit the like button on our, our podcasts, that it helps our algorithm and it gets us in front of more Buccaneer fans and increases our, our visibility, our popularity. And it also makes us more money. We're not going to lie. But then that money goes right back into this podcast, which benefits you. So you see how we all work together in doing this? That's awesome. We put the show on for you. All we ask of you, aside from occasional super chats, which we love, uh, is to hit the, the like button and subscribe. So please do it. Absolutely. All right, JC, let's talk about these playoff bound Buccaneers. Is it too early to say that? They haven't qualified for the playoffs yet, but eight and three, they're kind of sitting pretty, right? I mean, they've got... Get the, the Arizona Cardinals and the Green Bay Packers, who are ahead of them right now. So right now the Buccaneers would have the number three seed. And we'll see that the Packers have not had their bye week yet. So they're at nine and three. The Bucs are at eight and three. But we, we looked at the schedule. And, and again, you've got the away schedule, which, which consists of Atlanta, which consists of the Jets, uh, who have won three games, and, and then the, the Panthers, who seemed like they're – really in the downward spiral right now yeah. to get the, you got the Panthers twice. Then you've got the bills and the saints. It seems like the bucks could run the table here. I think the bills game will be the, will be the most challenging because they're the best team remaining on this schedule. So I, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to get the number one seed. That's, it's going to you know, you have to have Arizona lose. They got to play the Rams again. The Rams are going to want some vengeance there. It's not out of the, the, you know, not out of reality to expect the Buccaneers to, um, you know, to finish with the number one or number two seed. Uh, I think it could happen, but they're going to need a little bit of help. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say that they've almost got that, that, a, that NFC South wrapped up. I mean, they have an, a 97% chance to win the division right now. You look at their opponents. We were just talking to them. Even if they somehow lost two of these games, I'm just, looking at the Saints schedule right now. So um, your cat. Yeah, he's he's all he's all about the camera. He's uh he's all about it. Even if they somehow lose the Saints twice, right? Um the Saints still have a, a tough schedule too. They have to play the, the Cowboys here. Right. They have to play the, the Bucks, obviously. Um the Dolphins who are surging right now. So it's it's gonna be interesting to see how everything plays out, but I think they've got this division wrapped up as of right now, and they're surging towards potentially number one seed. Arizona, I think, will falter. I mean, they're they're a young team. They're definitely going to have their hiccups, and they're going to have, um, you know, their their tests. And they don't have Kyler Murray in there. How how sim, uh, simple is he going to be able to just transition right back into everything? Um, I didn't get that. Could you try? I didn't again? get that either, JC. I didn't get that. Um, it's, it's 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 all good. 
Okay. It's all good. <laughs> what is going on over there at the Allen household? You've got crazy cats running everywhere, hitting buttons, creating sound. Yeah, this, this cat's crazy. But yeah, they should win the division. 97% chance to win the division. Back yes, to you, and, Scott. And 99% chance they're going to make the playoffs. Yes, I said that, that they haven't made the playoffs yet. Okay. Uh, I, I agree. But at the same time, yes, Raymond, I, they're going to make the playoffs. I would be shocked if they didn't. Uh, at this point. And according to 538.com, they've got a 99% chance of making the playoffs right now. So that that's good. That's a good situation um, <clears throat> for the Buccaneers to be in. <laughs> Getting some favorable uh, reviews here in the chat. <laughs> Someone said, throw that cat while you were like, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> lost it. You're like, don't throw the cats. Yeah. I just lost it. Yeah. You know, what can you do? Yep. Okay, this is a good question here. How many Bills Mafia fans should we expect at Raymond James Stadium? Uh, well. They, they travel well. And let's face it, Tampa is a pretty uh, pretty good destination in, in December if you live up in upstate New York, right? Like it's oh, yeah. a favorable place to visit. Maybe watch a, a, a Bills game. There we say is probably the new San Diego, maybe, you know. You know. Yeah. It's a it's a new place to go. You got a good team that you're gonna go watch play, uh, your team, and I think we'll see a good amount. It, it's difficult though this year too because it, the Bucks season tickets are sold out. You know they're yeah. they're not buying. There's no single game tickets available. They weren't available. So the amount of Bills Mafia fans, the amount of any away be less fans, than in years past, right? It's gonna be a lot less than years yeah. past, and it shows you how many of these treacherous. Uh, Bucks fans have sold their season ticket, sold their tickets to opposing teams. But uh, no, it's Christmas time, JC. People need <laughs> cash in their pockets, do a lot of holiday Those shopping. But, are high, yeah. Those... So listen, I, that that's going to happen. I I agree. There will be some Buccaneer fans that are going to want to cash out, um, and that's fine. I, I uh, I'm not condoning that, but I understand it, especially around this time of the year. Uh, especially for the premium price, you could probably you know, a uh, pill for some Bills fans for. But at the same time, this is a fun team to watch. You only have Brady um, for just so many years, really, right? I mean, this year and next year is all he's really guaranteed for. Who knows what's going to happen past that? Um, this time is is literally slipping by, and mm. it's been fun. It is fun, but at the same time, it's like, you know, if you sell that that ticket to the Bills fan this year, that's one less time you're going to see Tom Brady, Rob yeah. Gronkowski in a Bucks uniform because it's going to be over before you know it. It's it's like when Jordan, you know, you knew Jordan was coming back, and and it wasn't going to be long who's going to be there, or any baseball player, or any football, or hockey, or any of these guys who you know is nearing the end of their career. Yeah. Like, everyone wants a chance to see them, even if you're not a even if you're not a fan of either team that's performing. You know, you you want to see. <laughs> Everyone wants to see greatness, and that's what Tom Brady is, greatness. That's what Gronk is, greatest yep. at his position of all time. And uh, so I expect, you know, again, holiday season. You, you, I mean, nosebleeds right now for this game of going for 500 bucks a ticket. So right. even if you're up in the 300s, you're making a, a cool grand. You know, you're paying off half of your season tickets in one, yeah. in, in one spell. So I, I don't blame people yeah. for sure. Um, the question is, how many broken tables are we going to see? They're going to bring the tables. <laughs> Yeah, that's, like, that's, what, that's what is, interesting. Part. What is the logic and the and the reasoning there? You're spending money. Oh, we'll have to ask Gronk if we get him this week. He's from okay. Buffalo. 
All right. Yeah. I'm just I'm thinking it's like you're spending money, albeit not a, a whole bunch because you're, you're like buying $40, a cheap $50 tables. Table. Well, yeah, you're right. And then what you're doing is you're you're making the conscious decision to jump on that table with the hope and expectation that it breaks, right? Like that's what you want. It's it's like it's like when Paul Stanley from Kiss when he like swings his guitar and, and he smashes it. Like he when he bashes the, the guitar on the stage, he wants it to break. The problem is Paul Stanley is a millionaire, right? <laughs> Many times over. He gets free guitars from like Gibson. Uh, <laughs> to break he, he, to break because that that's part of the show it's part of the gimmick um these are bills fans i think a lot of them you know good hard-working americans blue collar families and all that that are paying good money for these cheap tables that they hope to to break with their body and <laughs> and you've seen plenty of these on, on twitter jc it's not the only thing the tables are not the only thing getting broken with some of these <laughs> bills fans Right, it's <laughs> elbows, shoulders, ribs. Right. Oh my goodness, it's crazy. You know, you, let's say you spend you know three hundred dollars on a ticket, then you spend fifty dollars on parking, then right. you know at least a hundred dollars inside drinking, maybe fifty dollars on pre tailgate, and then another right. fifty. You're spending a, you know another fifty dollars on a table just to jump through it and break. It makes yeah. no and sense. Then, and then how much for like the ambulance ride and yeah, the ER copay and, and all of that? Just saying. Yeah. They're oh, they're an interesting bunch. I remember um, when Tom Brady was was with the Pats and he went up there. They throw uh, they throw other objects on the field at him. <laughs> so. Yes, Harbinger is mentioning that. We're not going to exactly post it here in the chat, but yes, um, yeah, agree. Yeah. I don't I don't quite get that one either. Bills fans are they're, they're a curious bunch to say the least. Uh, we'll see how many show up. But that was a good question, though. Um, listen, what one of the things I want to address on this show is did a little bit of digging for my. Uh, within my two-point conversion. And it was great to see Shaq Barrett. You know me, I'm a defensive line kind of guy. Uh, revert back to Sack Barrett, especially for at least one game. It needs to continue. He's got seven and a half sacks. He only had eight last year, so he's he's close to, to getting to double digits, which I think he's going to end up uh, in, in that. He broke a three-game sackless streak. He hadn't had a sack in over a month, including the bye week. So, um, you know, that, that's it's important because they need this guy to be that type of player on a regular basis. Doesn't have to get two sacks every game, but he's, he's got to he's got to make those impactful sacks. And when I was on with John and Matt at halftime of, of the, the Peter Game Day show, one of the things we we're talking about is, OK, and Sue had a sack in the first half and so did Shaq, but they weren't coming on third downs and they weren't really, you know, meaningful, impactful sacks, um, sacks that are that happened on third down that, that forced teams to punt or right. better yet the, the sack fumble. And that's exactly what happened in the third quarter with that. JC, I did some research. It's interesting to note that, and I'll, I'll run through these real quickly here on the road this year in, in the, the Bucks loss in week three, their first road game at LA against the Rams. Uh, neither team had a takeaway, right? So it was an even turnover margin. We know the Bucks lost that game. They won the next week on the road in New England because they had a plus two turnover margin. They had two takeaways in that game and they didn't turn the ball over on offense. Mm. Philadelphia in the win, the, the Bucks had a takeaway. So did the Eagles. I call them takeaways because I hate the term turnover. Turnover is what happens on offense. Takeaway is what you do on defense. You take right. the ball away. So it's the same thing. Interceptions, interception, a fumble's a fumble. But if the offense does it, it's a turnover. If the defense does it, it's a takeaway. I learned that from Greg Schiano, and it made a lot of sense to me, so I'm sticking with it. But in that Eagles game, 
They had, they had an even turnover margin in that game. Then you come to the two losses back-to-back with New Orleans before the bye week, Washington after the bye week. JC, that's where the wheels fell off the wagon. The Bucks had zero takeaways. They had a minus three turnover margin in New Orleans. And then at Washington, they had one takeaway. The, the Washington football team had two. That was a, a minus one turnover margin for the, for the Bucs. So if you add them all up, the Buccaneers on the road coming into this Colts game had only had four takeaways in the previous five games. No wonder why they lost. Right. Because the, the, the defense wasn't showing up on the road. And, and listen, you need from your playmakers, guys like Antoine Winfield, guys like Mike Edwards, guys like Levante David, guys like Shaq, Sack Barrett, for these guys to to really earn those big paychecks, uh, earn that draft status, and and create takeaways. And so, the Bucks did to the Colts with five takeaways, what they hadn't even done in the previous five games combined with takeaways. That was kind of mind blowing. Yeah, a lot of takeaways and turnovers there, <laughs> but yeah, I mean you're you're right. And going back to your first point, you know about sacks and and Sack Barrett getting this is a team that struggled to get to the quarterback at all. I mean. You know, seven and a half. He he looks like his his trajectory is is on to ten. Uh, the next the next highest sack total is four by by the Nomka. See, they're only at yeah. twenty seven sacks on yeah. the season. Like that's that's not good. You know, no, it's not. Um, and, and spe- specifically on how many sacks they could have had, I would like to see the number of that. It's got to be at least 10, 12 that they've let guys roll out of them. So you're looking at about half the number of sacks that they should have added to the number that they do have, this team should be around 40 sacks right now, you know, trooping their way down to, down to 50, but just missed opportunity after missed opportunity. Um, And and as you said too, same thing with, with turnovers and takeaways, uh, especially takeaways. How many times has the ball hit these guys in their hands and they haven't been able to come down with it? Uh, How many times have they not been able to concentrate, um, you know, getting, getting the turnover. It's, it, yeah. it's, and it, that's been an issue with this cornerbacking group, you know, going back for the last three years too, you know, they can defend the ball, the passes defending PBUs are, are always up there, but they yeah. can't, they can't turn it into the, into the interception. And, you know, you started seeing that with some of these playmakers, uh, especially Antoine Winfield Jr. And Mike Edwards be able to get their hands on the ball and actually come down with it and not only come down with it, make game changing Make make game changing plays uh, when they need it the most. I was gonna say yeah. too, like Shiana did one thing right, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, listen, you can learn from everybody, folks. I mean, uh, one of the best thing I learned from Dirk Cutter is the phrase he always, he always used to utter at the press conferences: "The greatest ability is availability." Right? Like you can't help with love in the tub. I love that. I stole that from Dirk. Right? I mean, yeah, I, I use that from Greg Shiano, and uh, there's no harm no foul. I mean. Uh, uh, you can even learn from some of the worst Bucks coaches in, in Tampa Bay history. So you just got to take the good with the bad, and and, uh, and there you have the facts of life. All right, JC, what do, um, what does this team have to do to um, to run the table? Like if if we expect this team to to get or let's say be in contention for the first or the second seed. In, in the playoffs in the NFC, they're probably gonna have to run the table at this point. Yeah. In time, right. Because yeah. I, I think I think that's gonna go to I think the top seat's gonna go to a, a team with with no 
no fewer than than three losses, right? Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be difficult There's for them to no, get more the, than three losses. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's gonna be difficult for them to get there. The the Packers still have their bye week. They're gonna that's gonna you know they're gonna come out re-energized. Obviously, Rogers dealing with that foot injury. You know, we'll see if that limits him coming out of the bye week. Uh, Cardinals just had their bye week. We'll see if they get Kyler back. How quickly he can uh, you know assimilate back into the offense and how quickly they can get get rolling. Um, but it, the the Bucks definitely have a chance. I mean, to say that they don't have a chance at the number one seed uh, if if they run the table, um, it, it's just going to take a lot of mental uh, preparation. It's going to take them playing a lot. Brady said it best last week, and I asked him this on Thanksgiving, and and he said a lot of teams start to lose hope. Uh, they right. start to lose hope around here, and they start to do less. Well. We can't rest on that. We need to do more. We need to find a way to do more. And you saw that yesterday, and you heard it from the guys. You know, um, Shaq Barrett saying, Leonard Fournette saying he gave a halftime speech, and Shaq saying that that halftime speech really inspired the defense to go out there and be able to to make plays and go out there and, and play the way. Uh, Todd Bowles showed them the things that they were getting beat on, and they made the adjustments, which was very encouraging to hear because I feel like there haven't been enough adjustments made at halftime. And they made those adjustments to take those plays away. And you saw what, what the outcome was. They were able to force turnovers. They were able to get to the quarterback, put more pressure on Carson Wentz, uh, shut down, continue to shut down Jonathan Taylor to that last drive, which they were letting them run on him. Um, you know, you, you've got to be able to go into a game um, and, and realize if things aren't working from the get-go, if you're not hot from the start, what can we do to kind of turn this around? Is it going to be the defense? It, it's – Brady, Brady says it the best. It's This is a team game. It's not yeah. just me. It's not just the defense. It's not just the uh, – it's it's everybody uh, contributing together as a collective unit. And if someone needs to step up, then someone steps up. If, uh, someone if like, like, like Nick Leverett. Like Nick yes. Leverett stepped up. <laughs> like Nick Leverett. Right. You know? About that. Uh, so that, that's exactly what this what this team needs to do is they need to have each other's back. And if one spot is underperforming, they need to, you know, step up and 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 start performing until they can get get on the right track. But yeah, I think there's definitely a possibility they end up with a one seed. I mean, if you're an Arizona Cardinals team, do you really want the one seed? You got an untested quarterback, you got an untested head coach. I think it's better for them to keep that momentum rolling. I, and even if they do, quite frankly, playing in Arizona doesn't really frighten me. Yeah, playing in Lambeau with those fans, with the the weather. I know it wasn't an issue last year, but I think that's that's a route you don't want to have to take to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, there's a chance A.B. comes back this week. If you remember last year against against Atlanta, he had a big touchdown mm. to help key that second-half victory. I think it was his first touchdown as a Buccaneer. I'd have to go back and look. It was either that one or the Lions game, but I remember that he, um, that he had a big touchdown on the road, his first touchdown. Uh, so <clears throat> that's interesting. You know what else is interesting? Well, I'm going to tell you what else is interesting. I'm going to tell you that that Manscaped has got a very interesting sale going on through midnight tonight. It's Cyber Monday, folks. 25% off your entire order plus free shipping. Now, usually you can use their promo code Pewter20 to save 20% off. But the awesome folks at Manscaped have been giving you that additional 5% off that's going to put this deal over the top. I know all of you right now are reaching for your credit cards and getting ready to log on to manscaped.com 
And before you do, uh, it's mandatory that I that I read this. It's holiday season, and you don't know what to get as a gift or a stocking stuffer. Well, folks, I got the answer for you right here, my friends. Um, get 25% off Manscaped and free shipping. Manscaped has got the tools to guarantee you that this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition will be won by you at your office party or your office uh, holiday festival get-together. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have now served more than 4 million men worldwide. If my math is correct, JC, that's almost 8 million balls. Get 25% off, plus 25% off, and free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code Pewter20, now through Cyber Monday. That's November 29th. That's today, folks. Ho, 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 fellas. Naughty or nice, tis the season to perform. Manscaped's best-selling product is the Performance Package 4.0, which is at the top of every man's wish list this year. Inside, you're going to find the Lawnmower's Body Trimmer. It's the best body trimmer on the market by far for your balls, your butt, your body, whatever. And the Weed Whacker Ear, Hair, and Nose Trimmer. I use that, folks. That alone is worth the money because you stick that bad boy up there, and it, there's no pulling, snagging, no tears, no nothing. It gets the job done. Let's not forget about their, fam their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the performance package now. Receive two free gifts, Manscaped Boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag. The dads can't stop talking about this. The teens buy it secretly, and the women will love you for it. Now, these are our picks for the Manscaped Surefire Wind Stocking Stuffers. Number one, the Manscaped 2-in-1. Stop laughing, JC. I can see you. The 2-in-1 two, the two Shampoo and Conditioner just launched. Kill two birds with one stone. Number two, the Manscaped Cologne Infused Body Wash. Number three, the Shears 2.0 Luxury 4-Piece Nail Kit. Number four, the Crop Mop Ball Wipes for your stanky balls. And number five, the Manscaped Signature Cologne. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, paraben-free, so you know these products are legit. Make sure you hurry to the site to ensure these wild gifts show up before the holiday season. While you're at it, get 25% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code Pewter. That's now through Cyber Monday. That's the day, folks. So hurry. Do not wait. Take full advantage of this offer. And again, you get the Weed Whacker 4.0. comes with the LED light. It's waterproof. You can do your business in the shower. It comes with the ear hair nose trimmer, which this alone is worth the money. The ball crop preserver and reviver. These are fantastic products. They are great. They are. The shed travel bag. This is a high quality leather bag that you can carry around all of your Manscaped products. And again, as always, by back by popular demand. Free Pewter Report t-shirt of your choice. We have the white. You can go with white. You can go with the black. You can go with the pewter, which has been really popular. Kind of a dark gray color here. All I need from you to do is make the order using the promo code Pewter20. You're going to save 25% off plus free shipping. Email me that receipt at my email address, which is srpewterreport.com. srpewterreport.com. It has your address, which I need. It does not have your financial information, which I don't need, don't want. And let me know which size shirt and color you want, um, and I will send it off to you. Happy holidays. I, I will tell you, uh, training camp, there's nothing hotter than training camp. You're sitting out there for a couple hours watching these. My balls thanked me with that with that reviver afterwards. They really did. Yeah. Yeah, it's good Anyone stuff. Anyone I came in contact with. 
good stuff. We enjoyed doing the Manscaped reads. Um, sorry that I had to throw that promotion up there so you couldn't see JC laughing his ass off behind the scenes, but it was funny to watch. Uh, good job, JC. What, what, what did he say? Let me find it. Balls, man. Balls, <laughs> and man, then the exactly, cube yeah. to report. Yeah. The cube to report. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like uh, and then you just just so yeah. calm and collectively just just uh, just bravo you just do such a i'm a professional Dude, you're, you're so great <laughs> so we, we have a five dollar super chat here i want to get to um is it worth it even at normal pricing from brian um i can't find that that super chat we appreciate it there it is is it worth it at the normal pricing yes no. it is no he said it's worth it even it, so oh, he, okay. brian must have already got question. one Yes, yes. So Brian, Brian got it, and hopefully you used the Peter Twenty promo code to save twenty percent off back in the day, twenty five percent off if you do it today. So yes, good stuff uh, from uh, our, our partners over at Manscaped. Okay, so I got a question. For yes, for you, Scott. We're sitting here. We're going to this final stretch. We're talking about the playoffs. We're talking about uh, you know what's it going to take to get there. How can they run the table? Um, Bucks just had Leonard Fournette go over 100 yards for the first time this season yep. on the ground. He's currently sitting here at 620 yards, uh, 621 yards for the season. Six games left. Will the Bucks have a thousand yard running back this season? Do you think? I think so. I, I think there's a pretty good chance. Rojo would have done it last year, right? Uh, he would have done it last year if not for for COVID and sitting at that final game because he was 22 yards short, I believe. He was a 978. That's what he finished the season with. So, yeah, I, I think that's the case. I think I think Fournette's going to need another 100-yard game or two to really kind of get it up there. Uh, it's a, Some games he's got around 60, 65 yards. Other games are in, are in the 80s. The extra game, 79. So Yeah, the extra game helps. We'll do the math on that because I'm not really good at math, and I've not had my Celsius today, so I can't do math, period. But he's um, average yeah. 63 yards per, per okay. game to, to get that thousand well. yards. He's 65 a game and he'll get it. But I, I do think having an extra, an extra hundred yard game in there will help out. If you look back last year, Rojo had four 100 yard games, three in a row against the Chargers, Bears, and Packers. Then he had the 192 yard game against the Panthers at Carolina. And you know what? I think it's it's all but assured it's going to happen against Carolina. Their run defense might be a little bit better. But last year they were terrible, right? Uh, if you remember, Fournette had his first 100-yard game in Tampa in Week Two against yeah. the Panthers, and really Rojo had I think a touchdown in that game, and he had a pretty good game before that last drive where Leonard put the game away with a 44-yard run, I think, for a touchdown. It was over 40 yards, and then we we all saw what happened. When Rojo got the ball, 98 yards, right, yes. in Carolina. How do you not finish with 200, though? It, I hate that. Like, like if, I was a, if I was a college football player, even NFL player, and let's say, you know, I was just an average, you know, like middling type of player, and let's say I had like 1,992 yards, you know, rushing in my career, <laughs> I would have like I – would, I would literally strangle myself for not getting <laughs> – the extra eight yards to just say, I, you know, I had 2000 yards in my career over, you know, over six years in the league, you know, wasn't, you know, was an okay guy, but that would just, uh, that would kill me to, to be like that short. I'm sure, I'm sure Rojo, right? Like he is mold and stewed all about that. This, this entire off season. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Like and, 978 and, and not being able to get, you know, the, the full thousand yard season. And 
certainly nowhere close to that this year. Yeah, and then yeah, exactly. Not being relegated to the second now. Second. Yeah. Back. Ryan coming through with these super chats again. Thank you so much. Am I crazy or has Lenny become a good pass catching back now? A third down back. Yeah. I mean, it's yes, I, I'll definitely say that. He has kept Giovanni Bernard on the bench. I think we all were kind of in unison saying, okay, well, Rojo and Leonard are going to fight for carries on first and second down. This is before the start of the season, right? We're training camp, we're sitting there talking about all of this, how they're going to use Giovanni Bernard. Bernard had a pretty good preseason um, and in training camp. He was kind of supposed to be that, that third down guy, but to his credit, Leonard Fournette has strangled. I'm using strangle too much today. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I want to strangle your cat because he's creating a distraction, but I won't because I love animals. Um, but but seriously, like like Leonard has um, has taken over the first and second down duties from Rojo, and he's taken over the third down duties from Giovanni Bernard. I mean, he really is has become quite the all-purpose back for Bruce Arians in this offense. And he's got 51 catches now for 354 yards, 6.9 yards per carry and a touchdown. Uh, I'm sorry, 6.9 yards per catch. Um, I think the Bucs would love to see that closer to 10, right, instead of just 7. Um, according to Bruce Arians, it is 10. <laughs> Bruce is just out there telling stories today. Yeah, throw, him the, throw Lenny the ball and – you know, he's going to get, you know, nine and then you know, he breaks the tackle, gets three more, you know, like, all right, well, I don't see that happen all the time. Maybe you do, but the film you're watching, but, oh, that's but, great. but yeah, I mean, he, he's become that, that all purpose back they've wanted. Right. Yeah. I mean, good, good. Uh, just pass protection has definitely picked up as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's been reliable catching the ball. You know, you want to go back towards early in the season where he had that, you know, tip ball. That was an interception. He's come a long way since then. And, and, you know, he's kind of going back to what he did his last year in Jacksonville when he caught 76 passes, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's he's always been good, uh, good as a as a pass catching back and it's just kind of for some reason it just the skill just left him last year, you know. Uh but he's he's found his he's found his groove again and he's been a reliable piece and when when Brady can't find things aren't opening up quick enough and Brady's able to find those find Leonard on those checkdowns and being able to even design some of those checkdowns and make him to scheme them, scheme them open and get some, get some chunk yardage. Yeah. It's been, it's been a valuable piece of this offense. Yeah. Um, Charlie, thanks for asking this question again. I saw it earlier, didn't answer it, but I'm glad you circled back around to it. Do the Bucks re-sign Leonard Fournette this off season? Uh, generally the rule of thumb is no, you don't sign running backs. You draft them. <laughs> we'll see what Leonard Fournette's market is. I think it's actually going to be maybe somewhat significant. I don't know what significant is, but I think it, it might be more than the Bucks want to pay. I think so too. And and if that's the case, if you're Leonard, you need to go get the money. You just do, right? You you've won one Super Bowl. We'll see what this season holds. But I, listen, I've talked to guys, Jeff Gooch back in the day, Tyoka Jackson, Dexter Jackson, the Bucks Super Bowl MVP. When when your home team doesn't want to pay you. And you only have so many years to make the money to get your bread. Like you got to get your bread somewhere. Yeah. And 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 for guys like Tayoka who left in two thousand one and watched the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl, um, you know, work done is the same way. You know, he didn't win the Super Bowl. He went to Atlanta. Um, it, Jeff Gooch. It's it stinks. It stinks. But at the same time, you know, you got to think about your family, your retirement, and and all of that. And if if the money 
if money is, is is different, if it's two different levels, right? If it's not I'm not saying chump change, but if it's if it's uh, you know C money in Tampa and you can get A money elsewhere, you know, might have to get, get your money elsewhere. Yeah, he's making three and a half million this year. Again, I, yeah. I think I, I don't think the Bucks go over four, four and a half. I agree. I think the market will be somewhere around five and a half, six. Someone will pay him. You know, three-year deal, something like that, and I, I think you're right. I think you got to take the money at that point. He said he came back because this, this was a, you know, this was a special group of guys, and they right. wanted to try to do something special together. But I think after that, I think some of these, some of these guys are going to go and, and follow the money wherever the money takes them. Um, and and the Bucks have to be prepared for that. They got Keyshawn Vaughn, so they they're in a good position. Yeah. <laughs> I think Rojo's long gone. I don't think he comes back at all. But you know, yeah. they'll look look to the draft. I'm sure. I mean. Uh, that's what yeah. you got to do. I mean, look at you, you can't. That's the rule of thumb. And you said it. You don't pay running backs. Look at Christian McCaffrey. Look at Alvin Kamara right now. Look at a lot of these players. Uh, these running backs who got paid. Dalvin Cook. who are now injured. Right. Zeke last year. Like. I, I've never felt like a stripper before, but I do right now. Brian's just throwing all this money at me. <laughs> and I love it. Thank you very much, Brian, for uh, once again. Off. Awesome. Super chat. Kind of crazy as Bruce told me, change your attitude or be cut last year. Yeah, it's right around that time. I mean, it's December, right? I mean, that was where there was that that come to me to come to Jesus meeting where you know he basically said, um, you know, you're either going to accept your role in this team, Lenny, or you know, you can leave. You know, I'll mm. give you 30 minutes to think about it. You let me know, and uh, that that happened, and, uh, and thankfully for the Buccaneers, it did, and uh, he became playoff Lenny. Lombardi Lenny as a result and uh White House Lenny. White House Lenny and Lucas Leonard, Oil Lenny. <laughs> Leonard Fournette, Lucas Oil Leonard, yeah. Uh yesterday. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love that. He was on um Richard Sherman's podcast talking about it. He's like, you know, I wiped the tears, uh, you know, I wiped my eyes and I said I'll, I'll do whatever I need to do, coach. And yeah. uh that that's that's awesome. And he and he, you know, talking about how, you know, Tom Brady, again, Tom, you know, Tom Brady and the culture that he brings and the team, the team, the team, the team. If you watched, if you guys have watched any of his um, men in the arena, you know, he talks so prolifically about the team yeah. and how it's the team first and how he gets everyone, no matter where he is, to buy into that. You know, obviously that was established with Belichick and the culture and, and himself being part of that with those old Patriots with Brewski and everyone, you know, the, preaching the team and how quickly he's done it here. And not yeah. to say this was a, this was a team anyways. I mean, there was not real. There's, and you right. know, better than me, not many selfish players on this Buccaneers team, yeah. even before Brady came here, but to just hammer that home and, yeah. and, and change, set that culture, you know, Lenny wanted to be a part of it and, and you saw his wake up call. And then you saw in the off season and I'm sure probably market robust market helped a little bit, but right. You know, wanted to come back to this team because it was special and they were able to do something that hasn't been done in over 30 yeah. years. And uh, right now they have a good chance of setting out to do what they're the, to finish the, the mission they uh, set out for. Yeah. Well, speaking of special, y'all are special. Thanks for joining us so much for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. And thanks to you, Brian, for all those super chats. That was yes. tremendous. Uh, we you. appreciate everybody who gives super chats, but Brian really coming through for us today, and that's that's awesome. We appreciate everybody also who subscribes to our YouTube channel, Peter Report TV, and hits those like buttons. We also like the ones who don't even watch the podcast but visit PeterReport.com anyways. We love them too, even though they're not going to see this shout-out or hear it because they don't watch the podcast. But if you know somebody who's a Buccaneer fan, does not know about this podcast, 
make sure that they do. So we have a lot of fun here. We enjoy the banter, the questions from you guys. That's what makes it all worthwhile. I would not be sitting here talking football with J.C. Allen. He's just not that interesting, if not for you guys. But because of you guys, I'm willing to put up with J.C. Allen for a whole hour and three minutes. So, uh, again, for J.C. What's that? And, and my your cat. cat. Exactly. I kid oh, because. Pissed because on the, the cat. Did it really? Yes, <laughs> the cat it did. smells oh terrible in my office right now. I gotta go wash I my hands. Only imagine, and I'm thankful I don't have a cat. That's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, so I'm you're getting some, some bonus cat coverage here on uh, on PeterReport.com, even though the Bucks aren't playing the Panthers, they're playing the Falcons this week. So <laughs> maybe have your cat back for Panther Week. Uh, uh, yeah. Ho- yeah. Later hopefully. this month. If I don't kick him twice. <laughs> right. So. Thank you for all that you do, says Carter. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Harvinder. Thanks for everybody. Really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to have another podcast again on Wednesday uh, where we're going to do our big Bucks Falcons preview. So make sure that you uh, subscribe to Peter Report TV. Hit the like button. We appreciate that. And most importantly, um, be back here Wednesday, 4 o'clock, for another edition of the Peter Report Podcast. Out. Out.